If you will, this morning, turn with me to our text, which is found in the Gospel according to John, chapter 6 this morning. It's John 6, verse 37. Our words this morning are in red, the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. John 6, 37 reads this way, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Let us pray. O Lord, how great Thou art. How faithful Thou art, O Lord. How merciful Thou art to us unbelieving people. Lord, You know this day we have many fears. We have many worries. Lord, I know that in what You have provided today in this passage, two great promises. I come up and pray to thee this morning asking the Lord it be thy will that thy spirit would gather us to sit at thy feet that you Lord would instruct us in thy truth and give us Lord only that blessed assurance that only thou can give it, give us that we are in that number that we are called by thee that we are elected by thee and that we have life by Thee. O Lord, to Thee be all glory for great things truly Thou hast done. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The text this morning, John six thirty seven. Jesus said these words, and He said them at a time that He was being challenged by the religious world on many things. He had just fed 5,000 people, and he was uh, in a discourse talking to the religious people and also his people at that time, talking to them about him being the bread of life that came down. And, and um, he had just told them up in 29 that it is the work of God that you believe on him whom he had sent. Okay, so that right there was a slap in the face, a religious man, religious man who studies all day long, who who has his laws and has his ways and has his ways that he approaches God. And Jesus comes up and says to them that it's the work of God for you to believe on him whom he hath sent. Jesus speaking of himself. I am the one that he sent. In our text this morning, he, he makes this declaration. And we're not going to talk much about what's going on in the text. It's, it's not important for you and I today. What is important for you and I today is the text itself. Jesus' declaration has two promises in it. Two promises with one blessed assurance. But not only are they two promises, they're two promises that are anchored in two immutable absolutes that the Word of God has throughout it. And you've heard me say it many times on this pulpit, I love the shalls and I love the I wills. Those are the things, when you hear the Lord Jesus Christ say those things, what he shall do, it's not like you and I this morning when we say this is what we shall do this week. This is what we shall do today. This is what we shall... His shalls are absolute. Jesus in the word of God in Hebrews is called the anchor of our soul. In the Old Testament, he is labeled as a nail in a sure place. Those things are absolute 
strength, absolute power, absolute preservation. And that's what we have in our text today. And we're going to treat the text in both promises. First, we're going to look at all the Father giveth me shall come to me. And secondly, we're going to look at him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. So with that being said, we turn to the first clause. And the first clause is all. All that the Father giveth me. Now the first thing we see in that is election. All that the Father gave the Son, whom the Son died for, whom the Son saved, whom the Son indwells today, who the Son indwells throughout all of history, will or shall come to Him. That's the question we have in this hour. Have you come to Christ? Not as the Arminian world or the religious world puts it on man's onus to come. Have you made a decision? I'm not talking about any of that garbage. I want to speak of the absolutes of what Christ has done for his people. And the first thing he says today, and it hits us in the face and hits us in the soul, and we have to ask these questions. I know if you're like me, when you come to a verse like this, when you're brought there, the first thing I ask the Lord is, have you brought me? Have you brought me to you? You say, I shall come to you. Have I come? And then the Lord will reveal to that child of God the promises, the work that he's done in their soul, the evidence that he has that he is dwelling that person. That's what I'm asking you today. We all in this room profess to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. If that is the case, Christ is in you this morning, the hope of glory. And Jesus says, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Come to Christ for salvation. Come to Christ this morning for peace. Come to Christ for joy. Come to Christ for love. Come to Christ for life. David tells us the key to where the power is in this. In Psalm 110.3, he says, The people of God shall be willing in the day of his power. That tells me all I need to know about this shout. That my Lord says, I will come to him. I will. And I can't help to hear in the mornings before we have church and in the afternoons after the church is over and we gather together and we speak about all the things that we're fearful of and all the things that trouble us. This promise, dear ones, this promise that Jesus made to all of his children is that they shall come to him. I'm not going to lie to you. We try everything in our power except coming to Him. We don't come to Him. We go to the things that we have learned in this life are helps to us, whatever they are. We find comfort in things. Many times I think about, like, for example, I'll hear what's going on in the world and, 
and I'll hear what's going on with the COVID and, and how it's increasing in numbers. And I'll think to myself, well, thank you, Lord, I have my health. You say, well, that, what's wrong with that statement? It's not my health I have. I have Christ in me. We think of those things that bring us comfort. Or we think, you know, things get tight financially. And we say, well, well, I've got X amount of dollars sitting over here. And we get comfort in that. Well, I still have that money that I can go to. But dear ones, we have more than that. That's what Jesus is telling us here in the first part of this text. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. We shall come for, for peace. We shall come for love. We shall come for comfort. In Jeremiah 31, we learn how we come and when we come. In 31, 3, and 9, we just learned that what David said, we shall come in the day of his power, we see the power that, belo that belongs to shall. That shall word, when we see that every time, we should think of the Lord's power. But in Jeremiah 31, 3, he writes, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. You want to know why we come? Because he loves us. Because of his great love for our souls and for who we are in him. We are the bride of his. I've loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, with mercy, whichever way you want to say that, have I drawn thee. And then in verse 9, he tells us when. When are we brought to Christ? When do we come? They shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way wherein they shall not stumble. The way in Christ is the way that we do not stumble in. Now we're going to hear as we get a little bit longer into this sermon, we're going to hear about some of those things that we do and the Lord's answer to them in the Word. The Word, the word of God always answers for the child of God, his answer is Christ in him, the hope of glory. It's himself. In verse 9, Jeremiah tells us how we come. Think about it, dear ones. Examine yourselves right now. If the Holy Spirit is willing to open up our hearts and our minds, how and when is it that we come? Do we come in the day of prosperity? Do we even come in fear as we all sit around and talk about the things that make us fearful? Do we come to Him then? We come in weeping and supplication. That's how He brings us. Weeping over the sin of unbelief. Weeping over the, 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 the body that's riddled with sin. Weeping over our inability to come away to the Scriptures that we know are true and have been proven to us time and time that He is faithful. We weep. The child of God weeps in his soul because of the way he is. And that's the beauty of our passage today. He will in no wise cast us out. We come as we are. 
We come broken. We come as sinners. We come as plagued. We come worried. We come fearful. We come with anxiety. And Christ promised today is that He will never, no, not ever, cast us out. It's not dependent upon how we come. I've been in religious institutions before. I've been in conversations. I've been in those places where man takes the credit, talks about how ready he readies himself to meet Christ. How he can ready himself to to receive Christ. And I would ask everyone in here, if that's true, why do we worry? Why are we still sinning day after day? Why do we not come to Him every day? It's because we have a warfare. We have a warfare that we in this life, in our flesh, are convinced that we can win in our flesh. The Lord must subdue that flesh. He must mortify it and say, I am the one who fights for you. Surrender yourself unto me. Put down your swords. Put down those things that you rely on. Put down those things you depend upon. And he strips us and he strips us and he takes those things away. And you know what's left? What he brings forward. The purity of the silver, the purity of the gold, because everything else is is taken out. And we see Christ in that image. That bears Christ out. That's our answer, dear ones. Our answer is that all that the Father giveth Christ shall come to Him. We shall. With weeping and supplication. We come exactly as we are. We can never be too poor. You know what that means? And I'm not talking about what we have in this life. I'm not talking about our bank accounts. I'm not talking about our bills. I'm not talking about that kind of poverty. I'm talking about soul poverty. We can never be brought too low to be brought to Christ. Jesus said in Luke 6.20, He said, and He lifted up His eyes on His disciples and He said, Blessed be Ye poor. Yes, that's Luke's account of the Beatitudes. He said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Jesus had told them on many occasions that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven was in their midst. He was speaking of Himself. He has the keys to the kingdom. He is the kingdom to you and I today. We need Him to unlock Himself in our soul. We need that. Blessed be ye poor, He said. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Blessed are you who are downtrodden. Blessed are you who are needy. That word always goes with poor. David used it often. Poor and needy. He's talking about his soul. I'm desolate, Lord. I need thee. Blessed be the poor, ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. But it's not just we come that way. Many times we come and we're brought when we're lost. 
That's why I said, these words that we're talking about, poor and lost and guilty, those words describe the sheep. But it does not deter Christ from bringing the sheep to Himself as the Good Shepherd. It does not, Christ doesn't look at the sheep and say, oh, you're, you feel too poor in yourself. You're not giddy. You're not joyful. I won't bring you to Me. Oh, you're riddled with guilt because of sin. I'm not going to bring you to Me. Oh, you're, you're backsliding or you're lost. I'm not going to bring you to Me. This shepherd is an absolute perfect shepherd with perfect power. And that's the words of Christ. So when we're lost, what does Jesus say? Luke 19.10, He says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let that sink down a minute. I don't know about you, but there's many days in the weeks, times in the weeks, that I feel lost. And i got to be honest with you, most of the time, it's when I'm hearing what's going on in the world. What I'm hearing, what's going on, sometimes it's just what's going on in my soul. I feel lost. I feel dead. I feel like I can't come to Him. I know that feeling. I know that feeling of deadness. Will that keep Him from bringing me to Him? Will that keep the cords of love that He has for me from bringing me to Him to, to rest upon Him, to feed upon Him? to supplicate and cry out for mercy and grace from Him? No. That's how we're brought. We're brought in the poorness of the soul. I've come. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save. It's not just save. Lord, I've wandered over here into what's going on in the world. Seek me, Lord. And bring me back into the fold. Bring me back into that place where you cause me to sit by those quiet waters. You make me to lie down in that green pasture. That's your, your work, Lord, your finished work. And, that, and that's the thing, dear ones. I can't emphasize to you enough, week after week, the necessity for Christ. Not the necessity for the cross, it's a piece of wood. The necessity for the one who died on the cross. Not the necessity for His finished work, but the one who finished it. Not the necessity for salvation, but the one who procured it, the one who has it, the one who applies it. We get lost sometimes in the forest, in the trees. We get lost sometimes in, in theology and in doctrines. We think we get them in our head and it, oh, that's a good one. I like justification. No, Christ is justification. Oh, that's sanctification. I like to, to read about, no, Christ is sanctification. Well, what about predestination? Well, it's all predestinated in Christ. <laughs> Everything comes back to Him. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the author. He's the finisher. And everything in between. You know, that's Thomas asked that question, Lord, how, how can we know the way? Well, this is it. The Lord told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, how do I get to that way, Lord? I came to seek and to save that which is lost. 
And you can, by definition, if you're not in the way of Christ, you're lost. You're lost. It doesn't matter what way you, you dress it up to be. Oh, I've done this. I've done that. The Lord said, in that day, many people will come to me saying, I did this in your name. What are those words he has for those people? I never knew you. There wasn't a union there. There's not a Christ in you. You did those things out of your religious knowledge and for yourself. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. What if I'm too guilty, Lord? What if I, what if I have so much guilt and all these uh, sins that I've committed? Well, James tells us in James 2.10, he says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Did you hear that? You and I today are guilty of transgressing all of the laws. All of them. And I don't care if you want to go back to the, the Ten Commandments, which I personally wouldn't tell you to, but if you go to the New Testament laws to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and the mind and strength, we know we don't do that when we're fearful. We know we're not lo loving our neighbor as ourselves when we have hard thoughts against them. Yeah, if we offend in one, we're guilty of all. You don't feel guilty, guilty this morning? It's only the blood of Christ that can remove the guilty stain. But are you stained? That's the question. Are you poor in spirit? Are you lost? Oh, I'm too prideful. So I'm a religious man. I, I'm, not, I'm not in any of these things. You know, I, I've been saved. I've, I've got... That man that says those things better be the best living Christian on the face of the earth. Because you just open yourself up to too much scrutiny. Because you're going to sink. You're going to fall. And that's what James tells us. You just offend in one little jot and tittle. You've offended and you're guilty of all. That's what we are, guilty. And Jesus says something this morning. He says, if the Father's given you to me, if your election is sure... And the Father has given you to me. You shall come to me. Doesn't matter if you're guilty. Doesn't matter if you're poor. Doesn't matter if you're lost. And the only way we're coming is by Christ in us, the Spirit of Christ that dwells in us, the Holy Spirit. And that shall come means for everything. It's not just salvation. It's not for rest. It's for everything. What do you have need of today? Do you need truth? Christ shall bring you to Him for truth. Do you need to know the way? Christ shall bring you to know the way. You've heard me say many times from up here, talking about Christ pictured as Joseph opening the storehouses. Let me read you that verse. Genesis 41.56 says, And the famine was all over the face of the earth. Remember how we started this with Jeremiah said? They're going to come weeping, and they're going to come in supplication. There's a need. There's a dearth going on in the soul. There's a lowliness. There's a, there's a humility. There's, a, there's Christ stripping away all of those things that we depend on. 
and the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. In that time of famine, the only place that they could come was Joseph. That's the you and I. The only place we can come. Come and buy of me, he said. Buy of me. He has it all for us. And I'm not sitting up here telling you that in your strength that you have that will to come to, you, to Him. We lost that in the fall. But it's restored in Christ Jesus. It's restored in Christ's mind. It's, in store, it's restored in Christ's will. That's the answer to whosoever will will come. You'll come. He's a surety. That's blessed assurance to us today. Now, does that, does that make the child of God hear these words and walk out of here and go, I don't have a worry to my... That guy up there said, I'm going to come. I don't, I don't need to do anything. I'm going to come. If you're a child of God, you won't have that thought because you're dependent. Oh, Lord, you say I'll come and I haven't come Lord, make me to come. Lord, draw me with those cords of love. Draw me to thy side. Draw me to where I'm nourished in thee. I know, Lord, in myself dwells no good thing. In this flesh of mine, I won't come. I won't desire you. I'll just keep living day after day after day in the deadness that's in this world. Unless you bid me to come. That's the words of the child of God. Dependency. And then, if that's not enough blessed truth for us today, that all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, He then doesn't stop there. You and I won't lose our salvation. We say, well, wait a minute. What if we, well, we're going to cover that in a minute. I know the Baptists always, oh, once saved, always saved. That's something we've, we've heard all of our life and, you know, it's something we've stored in our mind. And, and it is a good truth <laughs> because we're preserved in Christ. But listen to what he says here. He says, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me and him, the one that shall come because of the power of the Lord. This isn't, now this is my responsibility. Okay, Jesus did his part and now I've got to come... That's a lie. That ain't what Jesus said in this word. He said, they shall come to me. All the Father gave me shall come to me. And that one that comes, I've got better news. You, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise. That means never. That means no, never, will happen, can't happen. I will in no wise cast out. Not one sinner that has ever been brought to Christ has been cast out. If you find me one in this book, if you find me one that the Lord drew to himself that was lost, let me know. There isn't one. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. You know what that means? No expiration date. You know how we'll look at those things in our refrigerator? Oh, it's past that date. Throw it away. That's not the preservation of Christ. 
That's not the keeping of the shepherd. That's not the eternality of the three in one electing us, saving us, sealing us. It has no expiration date. But we have issues, don't we? We still sin, right? Well, we have an advocate. That's what John tells us in 1 John 2, 1. He says, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And right when we start to panic a little bit, he says, oh, John wrote these things and now we're supposed to not sin because he wrote these things saying that if we don't confess our sins, we're a liar and, and you get all this stuff up in your mind and all of a sudden you're condemning yourselves. And No, that's not what he's saying. Let's listen to what he's saying. He says, my little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not, and if any man sin. No, he's not telling you, you go out and sin. We don't want to sin. I hope you don't. But when you do, when you fall, when you backslide, when you have unbelief, we have an advocate. That advocate doesn't go away. We have an advocate with the Father. We have one pleading His blood for our sin. We have one pleading the cause. This is my, this is my bride, which I present to you, Father, without any blemish or any spot. We have that one, Jesus Christ, the righteous. But I know, to get more personal, we have to ask those questions. What if I do backslide? Because I do backslide a lot. I can walk out of this place. I can listen to the word preached. I can have a, a, a nice joy in my soul. And I can walk out. I can go home. And I can start the day, whatever the day is. And I can get very upset. And I'll forget everything that I heard. And I'll forget everything. Well, there's a reason for that. What comes forth from up here is not effectual to you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You say, well, what if it's applied to me while I'm there and I go out and I, I slide backwards? Well, listen to the words that the Lord gave Hosea in Hosea 14.4. I will heal their backsliding. That's what... That's what he's speaking of Ephraim. He's speaking about God's child that God said, Is Ephraim my dear child? The Lord chastened Ephraim over and over again, but he backslid many times. And the Lord's answer was, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. Why? Because of our advocate. Because of the one who stands in our place as a substitute. The one who, who bore the wrath of God against sin. Against all those sins that we just talked about. The unbelief that we have. The inability to come in and of ourselves. That's been put away. That's been nailed to the tree. That's been covered in his blood. That's what he says, I will never cast you out. It's not what we were. It's not what we are today. It's what we will be. 
and we still have this old nature in our being, and one day that won't be the case. One day we'll be perfected. One day we'll be with him, and all of this warfare will be over. But as we live in this life, Christ and what he does in the soul is a glimpse of what heaven is. When the Lord takes us from this mindset and this fall and this fallen nature that we have and we live upon Him and we live in His love and we live covered by His blood and faith is taking us to a a third heaven, that is living in heaven. That is living in the mind of Christ. Well, what if we're tempted? You know, there's a lot of temptations out there, Lord. There's a lot of things that come into my day that tempts me to be angry, that tempts me to unbelief, that tempts me. Well, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there has no temptation taken you but such as common to man. I find that part very comforting to me too because that tells me that the attacks that Satan has, has put in my mind the attacks that I've had of my old nature, the attacks that I've had from the world that causes these temptations to come up into my life are the same ones that others in this world before me have been brought through. Have been brought through. It's not enough to know, it's not enough to know that they've been tempted like me, but that they've been brought through it. That's what Paul's saying. There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. He will not give you more than you can handle, so to speak. He can't break, that temptation won't come and subdue you, as strong as it is. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is stronger. Christ in you, who has drawn you to Him with the cords of love, is stronger. That's his answer. His answer to backsliding is he will heal us. The answer to temptation is that he has made, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. When I was younger, I'm ashamed to even admit this, when I was younger and I read that verse, I always thought, that that meant when I was tempted, I had to find a way. I had to look for, so if this temptation comes, there's got to be something else in the room or something else to take my mind off the temptation. God's given something else for that. It's not something else. It's someone, His Son. He is the way to escape from temptation. And if you don't believe me, go to John 4 and see how He dealt with with temptation. See how he dealt with the tempter. See how he was nourished. See how, and then we're told in Hebrews that he was tempted in all ways like as we are. Why? So that he can succor us. He could calm us. He could feed us. I've been there. I've overcome it with my power. You will overcome it in me. You will overcome it by me. That's what Christ says to his people. 
But what if we sin so bad, Lord? The things I think that I do, I, I know you're like me in that way. Sometimes you, you sin, you, you keep doing the same things over and over, and you look up to the Lord and you say, Lord, how can you keep forgiving this sin? i got to be worse than anybody else in this world. As many times as I've been chastened and told not to worry, not to have unbelief, not to fear, and I come, I, I see a headline and there I am. I'm full of unbelief again. My mind runs to what I think may happen or this may happen, and I'm no longer thinking upon a sovereign God who controls everything, who reigns in heaven. You like me in that? I mean, it happens a lot. Lord, how did, how did this happen again? And then you start to condemn, and you start to say, you know, maybe I'm not God's child. Because this doesn't seem to get any better. Well, David was in that situation. And David, the Lord came to David and said, your sins have been put away. And David, in Psalm 51, cried out to the Lord in 51.7, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. See, when Jesus is in the soul, and when He's keeping the child of God, which He always is, and when He says, You shall come to Me, this is how we're brought. Confessing sin. Lord, I've done these things. I'm guilty of these things. Purge me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. That mindset of condemnation is, comes from this fallen mind. It comes from all those temptations and all those fiery darts and all those things out there that hit us and say, you're not worthy. Well, when you're being told that you're not worthy, from the wicked one, from your sinful nature, from whatever source it's coming from. If it's coming from the world, you're not worthy. Agree with thine adversary while thou art in the way. You're right. I'm not worthy. But my Lord is worthy. And if I'm in Him, He is my worthiness. He is my salvation. He is the one is the keeper of my soul. He is the one who has bidden me to come to Him. And if I've come to Him, He will never cast me out. No matter what you tempt me with, Satan, no matter what your fiery darts are saying, no matter what this old nature is saying, no matter what the world is saying today, if we're preserved in Christ, we will never be cast out. We'll be eternally kept. I want to go to a couple places here as we're winding down. Just a few chapters over to chapter 10. We know this chapter being the shepherd chapter. The Lord being the great shepherd of his sheep. I want to read a couple verses here. Let's just start in 27. My sheep hear my voice. That's an absolute. The Lord said it. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. That's what we just said over in John 6, wasn't it? That's what I will in no wise cast out. They shall, they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Why would Jesus say that? 
You might not like the answer to this, but there's going to be plenty of men surrounding you in your life. And women, I'm using that as men being men, male and female, who will try to pluck you from the Savior's hand. There will be many with their temptations. There will be many with their fallen ideas. There will be many with the ways of the world. But the Lord Jesus Christ says to you and I today, they can't take me, take you from my hand. No man can pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all of them. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. No man. I and my Father are one. That is a dual power and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that power is greater than any power in this world. And that's the power that He blesses His children with. They shall be willing in the day of my power. Now let's go one more place to Ephesians 1. Then we'll come back to our text and finish up. Ephesians 1, let's see. We'll just start in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According, He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. That seems to be a very sure place to me. What about you? Chosen in Him before the foundation of the world? Praise God. Praise God that wasn't left to me to mess up. And praise God that wasn't left to my enemies to pluck me out of His hand. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. I've already talked about our unworthiness. I've talked about how hard it is to see that we're holy and without blame, but that's what we are in Christ Jesus. All the Father gave me shall come to me. And those that come to me, and Him that comes... I'll never, no, never cast out. What does he say to you in that passage today? Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So we talk, talked about that recently. The good pleasure, teach me to do thy will. This is his will. No man's going to thwart that. No man can take you and pry the hands of Christ open and take you out of that hand. Eternal security and salvation is in Christ Jesus. To the praise and glory of His grace wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made, unto, made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He has purposed in Himself. That's where I get that word. You hear me say it a lot. We need Himself. That's what we need. So that's not good English. I don't care. It's, it's good salvation is what that is. We need Himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ which are both in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him. You see that preservation? Do you see what He has? Do you see the power that Christ has? 
It's all given to him. It's all in him. In whom we also, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Counsel of his will. What's going on in this world isn't going to sway it, dear ones. He's in total control. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ and whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Have you heard the word of truth? Because he said you shall hear it. Have you been shown that you're in that number that he has saved? If that's true. Oh boy, we, we're coming up on that season. Boy, do we have a lot to be thankful for. In whom also after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's why I was reading down to get to that. If we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, we're kept eternally. And nobody going to break that bond. You see, all that we've heard today, the Father's involved in our security, the Son is involved in our security, and the Holy Spirit is involved. which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. Now let's go back to our text. Read it one more time and a little more. Jesus said in John 6, 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. That's unity. And this is the Father's will, which hath sent me. This is it. Listen, he says, that of all which he has given me, I should lose none of them. That's what we've been talking about. Eternally kept and preserved in Christ Jesus but should raise it up again at the last day. Hey, from start to finish, he's done it all for us. He's done it all. It doesn't matter if we go down into the grave. We can't be separated from the love of Christ. We can't be separated. We can't be... doesn't matter if this body returns back to dust. It doesn't matter. Be raised anew. We will we'll be known as we are known. We'll be kept eternally and preserved in Christ Jesus. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him, this is the Father's will, everyone who sees by faith the Son and believeth on him by faith may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. Security, dear ones. Absolute anchors of our soul the shalls and the I wills may the Lord make that an anchor to you today may he reveal to you that all that the father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no, ca no wise cast out and may he prove to you that he has brought you to himself dear heavenly father add thy power search us this day O Lord Reveal thy work in our souls. For thou art worthy. Thou art glorious. And thou art worthy of our praise and our honor. To thee be all glory. Great things thou hast done.
this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.